0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. suits to games <laughs> that's absurd welcome back everyone to the guys and guys podcast this is dustin here with rob on the call and we're here to talk about UVA's loss to the Syracuse Orange past Friday really kind of disappointing loss, but you know there are also some some good things that happened. I think there's some positives that we're gonna try and find, uh, even though it had it was a you know mostly kind of negative feeling about it. Uh, but first off, Rob, how you doing? How's school going? How was your weekend?
1: It's good, man. Yeah, down here people were pretty upset about Carolina. worked by uh notre dame Mm -hmm. so at least carolina lost i guess uh yeah it was a tough weekend man tough weekend for the who's kind of heartbreaking fashion a lot of the same positives but also a lot of the same problems we've seen for through the first uh few weeks of the season so yeah excited to break it all down man (laughs) hopefully we don't sound like broken records but here (laughs) we are man
0: i think it's tough not to because the, the same things keep happening and honestly, I think they're a little bit more um, just exemplified by the fact that they keep happening. And I think it's even more frustrating that some of these things aren't getting fixed or haven't been dealt with yet. So but we'll we'll get into all of it. Let's start with just overall, you know, Syracuse wins 22 to 20. But the second half was a much different story than the first half. Syracuse goes on a 16-0 run, uh, goes into halftime up 16-0. The Who's come out of halftime, and we score 13 points in the third quarter, and we score seven points in the fourth. Hold the orange to two field goals in the second half, which is pretty good, but not enough to finish it. Definitely some mistakes down the stretch that really hurt us, and – let's start with the offense because offense is clearly the thing that is no good right now for, for whatever reason. And I want, I want to know, you know, I think the everyone wants to know, why is the offense not working? Like what is going on with this offense that is just not clicking?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you through the first week, two weeks, I really thought it was all on the offensive line and, Mm -hmm. you know, Brennan had no time to throw. He was just running around for his life. Like I I felt bad for him, but I think the offensive line is starting to come to get excuse me, starting to come together a little bit. They're not great by any means, but they're running the ball pretty well. Um, We saw Ty Furnish actually get pulled at center and they put Jets Johnson in there in the second quarter. And I thought the line played better. Brennan is still running for his life uh, but he's got a little bit more time but I will say I think these issues go deeper than just the offensive line at this point it was easy to write it off to the new offensive line in week one week two but we're seeing a lot of the same problems and maybe it all stems from the offensive line but the reality is is that Brennan Armstrong just simply isn't playing really well that's not to say he's not playing hard. He's playing really, really hard mm-hmm. uh, and he's running for his life, but he's missing reads. There's throws that he's missing. Um, he just doesn't look comfortable at all. And the receivers are struggling to get separation. Uh, we're continuing to see a fair number of drops from these receivers. I will say Keaton Thompson's probably the notable exception. He's played really well the past few weeks, mm-hmm. um, but there's issues kind of all over the place. The running backs, I think overall they're playing well. You know, I think the ground game isn't bad. It's not dominant, but it's not bad. Um, But this passing game has issues at receiver, quarterback, and the offensive line. And I don't know if this is just them struggling to adopt to a new offensive scheme that has more pro-style elements in it, that's more progression-based. But yeah, I, I think it's safe to say at this point, the issues go beyond just the offensive line.
0: Yeah, I agree and I think, you know, Brennan is a great quarterback. I uh, there were people calling for Jay Wolfolk to play. I think they're nuts, you know. This I don't think Jay does any better than Brennan in this situation, you know. Maybe does does Jay know the offense better? Probably not. Does Jay have the awareness right now? Probably not. Uh Brennan is the I think he's he's the starter. I don't think there's any chance that he goes out but like clearly there's a disconnect between him and kitchens and brennan and the offense itself i i there's just no like he just doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing it looks like it and the the two main throws i'm thinking of are the lat the last throw of the game where he really just stared uh lavelle davis down the entire throw and then there were three defenders around him when he threw the ball. I mean, there's just no way Davis was going to catch that. I mean, he's six, seven. He's got great hands, but I mean, Brennan also under it. Like he threw it like five yards in front of David. I it wasn't going to make it. And the other one was the interception after the fumble in, I think it was the fourth quarter. Yep. Um, where we get it on like the 30 yard line, Syracuse 30 or we're in their territory. And Brennan just, lobs an egg up and it's an easy pick I, like he just and he stared down I think that was I don't know who there I think it was Grant
1: was. Nash I'm pretty sure it was Grant Nash
0: who was open he was open originally and then he just waited too long threw it up and the safety came in and snagged it it, it was just disappointing to see because that's not a throw he makes last year you know last year he slings that ball as soon as Mish is open, but he's not doing that. He's telegraphing his passes. He's staring receivers down. And this is a lot of the reasons why a lot of his passes are not making it to the receiver, because the defenders can see that. Or uh he's holding on to it for too long, which is not a problem we had last year. It's just kind of I'm 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 confused. I, I don't know what to think. And I just I just hope something click like maybe it's something where it like clicks, you know, and like high school math where you don't get in and all of a sudden you're like oh algebra makes sense now you know uh I'm hoping that's the case for Brennan but so far I I feel like it's only getting worse honestly I think it feels like it's getting worse because teams are picking up that he's telegraphing passes and it's like whoever he stares at first guard that person because he that's who he's throwing it to
1: yeah no you're totally right and I mean, I'm with you. I don't mean to be, like, critical of Brendan Armstrong or anything. Like, he's still the same player he was last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he still has that same ability. He still has that same leadership. But this offense is struggling. And it's not just him, but he, I think he's struggling in this new offense, too. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I think there was just such a rhythm to last year's offense. And even in the second half of 2020, during the COVID season, there was such a rhythm to that offense where Brennan looked comfortable you know, they might not be running the ball a lot, but you know, the running backs knew what they were doing. Brennan knew what the fakes were happening, uh, the receivers knew where they were going. Everything just seemed smooth and clicked. And that's not to say there weren't issues. I think it's come out that the offensive line last year was pretty frustrated. They weren't running the ball enough. Um, so not to say last year's offense was perfect, but there was generally a rhythm to it. And there really hasn't been a rhythm to this offense this entire season maybe the second quarter against richmond you can say so but no one just looks comfortable and mm-hmm. really i think brennan is part of it i think and really all stems from the offensive line issues i think the reason brennan is not stepping into his throws and the reason he is staring receivers down is just because he has no idea how much time he's going to have i yeah. mean there were several plays where the tackles whether it was jonathan leach or logan taylor were just beat badly I mean, poor Ty Furnish was beat pretty badly on several plays before they pulled him. Um, And even the guard spots, you know, the guard spots aren't the biggest weaknesses, but, you know, Derek Devine has had some holding penalties. John Paul Flores hasn't looked amazing. So, you know, none of this was unexpected, but I just think it's not clicking. (laughs) And who's to say if it would be clicking under a nice scheme, but Brennan certainly doesn't look comfortable, and you know the receivers don't. I will say, Keaton Thompson's the exception; he's played really well the past few weeks.
0: Well, the receivers I, really
1: don't look comfortable either.
0: They don't, and I, I will. I'll push back on you a little bit. I thought the offense was clicking in the third quarter of this game. I thought they played well. I thought that Kitchings actually called a really good quarter, a, a quarter. That that's it. He didn't. I don't think the <laughs> the play calls after that got weird. But you know, we ran the ball really well. During that during that drive, uh, Paris Jones was running very, very well. Uh, Brennan was able to get some quick throws out. There's a couple screens to Keaton that got some chunk yardage, and we scored 13 points in the third quarter. I know one of part of that was because we recovered a fumble, and we'll talk about special teams later. But the special teams, the the one one good thing they did, they got that fumble uh, on the kickoff and really got us back into the game, got the juices flowing a little bit, and we got that touchdown. But otherwise, you know, I I feel like there's a there's something to this offense when we run the ball and we get the ball to our playmakers. You know, when Keaton when when Keaton has the ball in his hands, good things happen. He makes people miss. And the broadcast had this great stat that he is the leader in missed tackles created wide receiver coming back and the only ones who uh are beating him are the um uh the guy who transferred from pit to usc Jordan uh, addison. addison and the ohio state guy uh and the with the hyphen name i i don't know <laughs> i forget how to say his name but two two of the best wide receivers in the country and kt is above them and missed tackles created he's a big guy shifty and he's got great balance and yeah, you know, he good things happen when he's got the ball in his hands. I I think when we can get the ball outside to our playmakers, you know, pitching it to Mike Hollins, Paris Jones up the middle, KT on the outside. There's there's a lot of good stuff that's happening, and Brennan looks comfortable. The offense was moving a a little bit, at least more than it has been this whole year. And then the fourth quarter, we just kind of went away from that, and it was it was weird. It was disappointing because it didn't seem like it was flowing that much and then on the last drive you can see that you know uh brennan just started like go re- reverting back to the ways of how the season has gone which is telegraphing passes um so you know it is what it is but and a lot of people thought we might lose this game before the season even started i know i mean i think you predicted this would be our first loss of the season
1: i I had illinois as a loss but i did have i predicted a loss coming into this game but preseason i had it as a win
0: oh you're right but in any case (laughs) anyway (laughs) um, in any case i you know it's just like it's not unexpected that we lost this game at this point in the season like now we know what we're dealing with but we, we were right there, and we could have had it, and there were so many mistakes that we made that you know took that away from us. I think that's because there were some positive things. like It felt like it was clicking a little bit, and it just fell apart at the end. So I think that's why it's disappointing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the run game was a big part of that, and I'm glad you brought up Paris Jones, Mike Collins. Paris Jones has a had a very good game mm-hmm. uh, 13 carries 87 yards Loved the touchdown run he had that 28 yard touch or 28 yard run as well to set that mm-hmm. up Mike Collins you know his stat line doesn't say much Two for 22 yards uh, but he had that 19 yard run I, I forget what quarter that was but it basically got UVA out of the goal line situation mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> that's the run we all know Mike Collins can do and he looked awesome during that run you'd love to see that more consistently um and i will say mike Collins has pretty much become the third down back if you will that this team isn't really throwing much to the running backs but mike Collins is in there primarily as a blocker uh really similar to what wayne Talapapa did the past few years so he's assumed that role so with the running game is going strong this offense looks good and Kitchings did a good job getting the ball and keton thompson's hands as well on short passes and you know lavelle davis is more of a big guy down the field receiver. So I don't think you can really get him involved as much in the short passing game, but Hey, Dontavian wicks has some wiggle to him, man. Maybe he can get involved in the short passing game a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, even when that's happening, when the team had a rhythm going, the passing game, you know, wasn't anything to write home about Brennan, uh, finished 19 to 38 for just 138 yards. The stat that really pops up to me even more than the completion percentage, our long pass was only 13 yards. Yeah. I'm As I said last week, I'm a firm believer that you have to have explosive plays to win. And when your longest pass of the day only goes for 13 yards, I think it's a testament really to this defense, which we'll talk to in a second, that Virginia was even in this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the defense played really well. I mean, we know the Syracuse offense has been doing really well all season and the one thing that we also prevented you know this week was long plays as well uh there's a few long passes there is one long run of 17 yards but besides that this team did really well especially in the run defense we held uh to an average of two yards a rush they rushed 38 times for only 75 yards it's pretty good right especially considering What we what we had last year, like last year, we would have given up three hundred yards on thirty eight carries, and that was, you know, standard for that defense. But then our offense was also scoring forty five points a game, so that wasn't a problem. But with with the defense, you know, they're keeping us in these games. Twenty two points for Syracuse Uh, against Illinois, we only allowed Illinois to score twenty four points. These are these are doable amounts of points to. The whole teams to and the defense is doing their job, and they really are Ben don't break. Uh, you know, when they get down to the red zone, they really dig in, and on third and longs, they dig in. Uh, they do a great job of not allowing huge, huge plays, game breaking plays. So I'm really impressed with the defense. I'm impressed with what uh Radinsky has done this year with this with this defense. He's done an incredible job training them up, getting them to where they need to be, and I think that he's great. You know, the the receiver, uh, I think it was was it a uh, who in the first the first half just torched us. Uh, yeah. He only had, I think he only had one catch in the second half. You know, so he's good at at fixing the problems, and clearly something worked because Syracuse only scored six points in the second half and almost won us the game with with their play. You know, three turnovers by the defense. Offense has got to capitalize on that. I I mean, it's I, we we keep saying the same thing every week, right? <laughs> we keep turning to, we get the, we get all these turnovers, nothing to show for it. It's just the same thing over and over. Like nothing's changing from this offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost the exact opposite of last year, right? Mm-hmm. Where the defense was really struggling and the offense was putting up points. Uh I mean, this defense is good. Radzinski was a good hire. His scheme is really good. And the coaching staff did a really good job this offseason, too, in bringing in uh, good players via the transfer portal. Cam Butler is awesome, man. That dude Mm -hmm. can play. He forced the fumble. He had a sack. He had another sack that he should have had um, that was called back for a penalty. I mean, Cam Butler is a force. Chico Bennett looks really, really good, too. Two sacks. You know, so we have the edge guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Paul Akiri, I think he had his first sack of the season as well. Ben Smiley had his first sack of the season. You know, what's kind of crazy is so far this season, we have 14 sacks through four games. Last year in 12 games, we only had 19 sacks. So, I mean, we're going to surpass that total in a game or two, most likely. Um, You know, this is a defense that looks so much better at every position. I feel for Nick Jackson, man. It sucks seeing him getting that targeting call. I don't know what more you want him to do in that situation. Yeah. Um. But he gets uh, ejected. Josh Ahern goes down and the next guy's up, you know, Hunter Stewart and James mm-hmm. Jackson, they both played well. Yeah. Um, I feel for Hunter Stewart with a face mask, but you know, there's only so much you can do there. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and then the secondary, you know, I love these safeties. I know I've said it. Jonas Sanker came up with another big play on the interception. He also had the fumble recovery. Lex Long is a big safety. And the corners have played well too, man. Anthony Johnson is kind of the same as last year. Uh, I think Finchrell Cypress has played really well. Mm -hmm. So you got to be happy with what the defense is doing. And I think bid but don't break. That's part of it. Um, You know, Syracuse got inside the 20 several times. They held... UVA held them to four red zone field goals, which you have to take, five field goals overall. So, listen, I mean, the defense is doing their job. Uh, I've got pretty much nothing but good things to say about them, yeah. um, which, you know, again, it's like flipping the script from last year. It's just kind of what makes this so frustrating right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, you brought up the two the two plays on the defense that, I mean, honestly, they suck, but they didn't really hurt the team that much. Like, well, the face mask hurt. The Hunter Stewart face mask was hurtful, but that that's such a tough – you can't blame him for that because no, he, was not, not he was being blocked. He was being blocked. The Q's quarterback, uh, Schrader, was going – he was like kind of going down, and Stewart just instinctively grabs out to tackle – but it's 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 the face instead of the legs, and so yeah, and he like you it's could like he was trying to do that. Yeah, and you could actually see him in the replay. Let go, like he as soon as he feels the face mask, he lets go, like as soon as he can. But it's because the head already yanks when that happens, so it's it's tough. And then the Nick Jackson, uh, targeting call. I, you know, I get it. Uh, Syracuse had a guy thrown out. For that earlier in the game same exact kind of thing you know just leading with the crown and this year the rules changed a little bit so that it doesn't have to be directly on to the other guy's head but it's more it's about what the defensive player does and not necessarily where the offensive guy is so with with the rule it is the right call i just you know the ejection is tough um i've heard a lot of people or some people talk about like a targeting one and targeting two kind of like flagrant one and flagrant two for basketball, where the severity of the hit and like kind of the, the recklessness of it can be kind of determined by the refs and, and then assess that way. So maybe a full ejection isn't necessary all the time, in which case I think this would have qualified, right? it At the start from in like full time, real time, looked like a good clean hit, you know, right on the shoulder pads. Um, but in the replay, you can see his head dip and you can see Schrader go down or starting to go down a little early on his own. So it's it's unlucky. I, that's an unlucky play. Yeah. It's hard to blame anyone for that.
1: No, I mean, the defense played great. There were some good individual performances. I mean, Chico Bennett and Cam Butler in particular. Um, and there was just some really good team defense played as well. Um, you know, especially considering we played most of the second half with our, you know, second string linebackers, we were playing without our starters at one whole level of the defense. Yeah. Um, you know, you think Antonio Clary's not playing right now. Darius Braddon is playing that nickel role as playing on a ankle sprain, which he's Mm -hmm. struggling through that. And, you know, Jonas Sankar one week, he's playing the nickel the next week he's playing deep safety. You know, guys are moving around and guys are stepping up and I really commend that unit. I'm sure. They're loving it, having so much more fun, you know, actually having success this year, (laughs) you know, not not to trash on last year's team, but the defense didn't have success last year. And I'm sure it's so much better for them, you know, being a strong unit again, because we knew that they could be, we knew that they had the talent. That 21 Mm -hmm. team was so talented. And I think that was part of the frustrating thing with last year's team as well. Um, But yeah, they put us in position to make plays. I think the offense clearly has some work to do. And if you want to transition over to special teams a little bit, you know, got to give credit to Jonathan Hordman. man. That was a big play. He was a guy mm-hmm. that a lot of people were excited about as a high school recruit too. Hasn't really played from scrimmage very much, but he made his presence felt that was a massive hit to knock that ball out. Yeah. So that was the positive. The negative was kick coverage, you know, wasn't great. You know, everything there was a, else, <laughs> everything. Controversial, no call potential hold on that opening kick return. Um, i think it could have been called but it wasn't and that was a long opening kick return um two missed field goals i'm curious to see what happens at the kicker situation if will betridge takes over that job because he replaced brendan farrell um, after he missed his two field goals although farrell continued to do kickoffs so listen there's some moving parts on special teams right now
0: yeah man and you know Special teams, the 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 fumble recovery on the kickoff was a really huge spark. It was right after we scored for the first time, got us back into the game, and really I think fired up the team pretty good. Oh and for sure. we were able to to really it felt like we were right there uh to to kind of take that momentum away from from cues, you know, and we and that's when the offense started to click a little bit you know and they they were having some good drives and and then you know of course the game ends how it ends but the the special teams that play was that's really good and there was a great hit like that is a, that was a clean hit right on the and that poor i mean the poor guy uh Pena, he he, s- he spun into the hit so he had no idea where he was on the field he's getting away from another tackle he uh, just got walloped, uh, but a clean hit. And you know, it, besides that, punting game was pretty good. Uh, Daniel Sparks, I think, is a good punter. Uh, you know, our our coverage is not great; it's okay sometimes, but he he does a good job of getting it out and getting it far. A uh, long punt, long punt of fifty nine yards on Friday. And yeah, you know, betridge you know, looked. Okay, I guess yeah, he had the the extra point blocked, but he made a couple other ones. and Brendan Farrell just really really missed that those two field goals in the first half. Rob, do you think you know a lot of people are saying, and it's easy to look back and say, yeah, we should have gone for it, but especially that first one, long field goal, what what is your opinion on if we should have gone for it in that situation? like do you do you think? There's any like thought of that or especially the second one too, after he missed the first one so badly, do, do we go for it on that second try?
1: Yeah, I think more so on the second try. I think the first one, you know, he's a guy that can make long kicks. Um, Mm -hmm. He's done. So I think his career long is 42 yards, but I know he's made some longer kicks in practice. I, I commend them if they thought it was the right move to kick the field goal there, you know, it's should be within his range or, you know, so we think, so I don't think I have any issues with them trying to the field goal there, um, especially in a dome, you know, and the dome it's a little easier to kick field goals, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised, um, you know, again, <laughs> with respect to Brendan Farrell, but he missed that first one pretty bad. Um, so, you know, maybe they think about going for it there mm-hmm. um, in the second situation where he misses the kick. Um, you know, tough to say, I'm sure it's tough on Brendan Farrell too, because you do have Will Betridge in there. Will Betridge comes in as one of the top kicking recruits in the country. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that has talent, you would assume. So I'm curious to see what happens there. If you remember a few years back, Hunter Pearson made a brief appearance in a few games and unfortunately due to injuries, we never really saw him again. Uh, so curious to see what happens with Will Betridge. But yeah, I mean, It's tough to blame coaching on the first one. You know, maybe you start to second think it a little bit um, on the second attempt. And you actually did see when Virginia went for it, I think it was in the second quarter on fourth down. The ball was on like the 25-yard line. Mm -hmm. I want to say it was like fourth and four, and UVA did go for it. Um, They threw to Keaton Thompson, and it was broken up. So I think that eventually did get in their head. Maybe they should have done it in the drive earlier. Tough to say, though. You know, I I don't feel strongly either way.
0: What what do yeah. you think? Well, you know well the first one was fourth and seven, so and that's at a weird spot. You know, you're on the they're on the Syracuse thirty-three. You're not gonna really punt it from there. That's that seems silly to punt it. Like it's definitely probably gonna go into the end zone. Uh fifty one yard field goal is a really long field goal. Fourth and seven's an awkward a uh, distance. And yeah. that early in the game I think UVA is probably thinking, you know, we should just to take it safe here and try and get some points. But the second one, it is on the thirty-one. It's fourth and four. You have a dynamic quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. Uh, I don't know if there's any RPO in the playbook, but if you've got it, that's the time for it, right? Get it to Keaton on the edge. Make him, make him make a play. I, I just feel like there could have been a little bit more. Um. You know, uh, ef- or not effort, but like a, a little bit more thought, especially because Syracuse had just fumbled the ball, and we had gotten it back in their territory. I feel like at that point, there's a little more, and you just see, you just see, Pharaoh miss it by fifty yards. He goes into the stand- the sideline stands. Uh, I feel like fourth and four. I feel like you give it a shot there.
1: Yeah. I mean, don't disagree, uh, but yeah. I guess it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, if Will Bettridge does kick, take over kicking duties, I guess we'll have to see what his range is like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Will Bettridge is a little bit more of a traditional kicker as well um, in the sense that Brendan Farrell came in as a punter mostly um, mm-hmm. and was kind of forced into kicking duties by injuries the past few years. Um, not to say he can't handle kicks. He's still handling kickoffs, uh, but just – something to keep in mind there. So, but yeah, you know, I think you do overall just want to see improvement from the special teams. You know, there's been substitution issues so far. Um, I agree. I think punting is looking good. You know, sparks is continuing the long line of good Virginia punters, that Mm -hmm. we've been thankful to have for about the past 10 years. Um, but yeah, I think the kicking game needs to improve. I think the coverage game needs to improve and, Yeah, you know, I think for the most part, Ricky Brumfield did a pretty good job with the special teams the past few years. It's a new coach now. You know, Keith Gaither is handling that. Keith Gaither is also the running backs coach. Um, So, yeah, I I think like most parts of this team, there's room for improvement there. You can tell Tony Elliott is frustrated by it. Um, I just hope they get it together soon enough.
0: Yeah, you know, there's not much else to say at this point. It's like either this team is going to step up and Brennan's going to start making reading the correct progressions and the wide right receivers are going to stop dropping half the passes that are thrown to them. We have one of the worst pass drop rates in the country. Yeah. Uh for not just Power 5, but really anyone in the country and we have great receiver like we t- we've talked about this at length like we we know the receivers are good on this team uh widely a- across the country not just by ACC people but by some national especially stat guys really acknowledge that uh, especially Wicks and Thompson and even Davis are really really quality receivers good hands good route running but something's wrong i i'm just you know there's not else, nothing else to say. Nothing else to say there. It's just they need to get it together. And I think Duke is the perfect opportunity to do that.
1: I guess we'll see, man. Duke's looking <laughs> a little better than we gave him credit for at yes. the beginning of the season. They're 3-1 and one right now. Had a big game uh, at Kansas, actually, on Saturday where they came out on the losing end. They fell 35-27. Um, you know, Duke, they haven't played... The toughest schedule in the world you know mm-hmm. all right so they they beat temple they beat northwestern beat north carolina a and they lost to kansas but the reality is is that's how most early season schedules look like for teams you know unless you have a big game sandwich in there somewhere at the beginning you know kind of like how tech did with west virginia or some mm-hmm. other teams do that you know most teams start off with a pretty soft uh non-conference slate but i think everyone would agree that Duke has looked better than expected. Duke also has a first year head coach and, uh, Mike Elko, former defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. And we knew going into the season, he was actually recruiting pretty well. We had some players that we're looking at end up committing to Duke instead of UVA. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they've had some success, some success. So what, I guess Saturday night lights, um, potentially hurricane weather. We'll, we'll Mm -hmm. find out. Um, that actually has a huge bearing on whether or not I will be there. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But yeah, I don't think this is a gimme game by any stretch. Uh, I know, you know, of the teams left on our schedule, maybe now is the right time to play Duke. um, But that's probably more in comparison to the other teams. I I don't think Duke is going to be a pushover by any stretch.
0: No, and you're right. They do look better, but this is a team that historically we've beaten uh they they have not beaten us in the last seven tries and uh at, at least totally under bronco they duke did not beat us uh when cutcliffe was winless against bronco mendenhall which felt normal it felt really good to beat duke right. all the time. yeah it did <laughs> it's normalcy returned there was that dip where mike london was coached where we did not beat duke all the time but we came back it felt great so um If Elliot, you know, can beat Duke, I'll feel I'll feel much better about it. You know, three and two is much better than two and three, and losing to Duke just is bad. You know, even Broncos' first season where we went two and ten, that road game against Duke, (laughs) we beat Duke, yeah, (laughs) on the road, and that was one of the first road games we had won in like what was it, like four years or something, three years? It was in some insane, stupid number, uh, that. London set some be- awful record for us <laughs> about how many <laughs> road games lost in a row, um, but yeah, I, I mean Duke. Duke is a fine team, but they are not by any means a great team, and it, they're a beatable team as well. Um, I'm I'm confident that we can have a shot if we play well. If we play like we did in the first, or sorry, the third quarter, and the first part of the fourth quarter, we'll be okay
1: yeah i i agree i think this will be a very close game though um yeah. especially if weather comes into play i think if weather comes into play that might actually favor us you know mm-hmm. force us to do the quick passing game uh force us to really run the ball and i think our defense has done really really well against the run so far this season um yeah. as evidence against sean tucker who had like three yards to carry mm-hmm. um so yeah I I still think it's going to be a very close game, you know, as a game, Virginia can win. I think this game, not to make it seem too big, but I think it could have a pretty big bearing on how people start to view this season. UVA loses to Duke and it's two and three. And the hardest part of our schedule is still in the back half of the season. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you could lose a little bit of enthusiasm. And we talked, there's so many dynamics around this team right now that we talked about in a previous week's episode yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you could see some frustration start to mount uh if this team really does start two and three. Mm-hmm. If they go three and two, that's not to say, you know, the world is all of a sudden right again. But I think this team needs something to get them going a little bit, something to boost their confidence. I don't think that's gonna solve all our offensive issues, but I think this offense really needs a boost of confidence. Um uh, yeah. more than any unit I've seen in a while. And I mean, even think back to last year, the defense as much as they struggled, they had that really good game against Duke and you're like, mm-hmm. all right, is this it? Are we going to get yeah. it together now? Um, ultimately didn't play out that way, but I think this offense really needs something. And I think this is, like you said, a big opportunity for them.
0: Well, and I think, and this isn't necessarily fair. and We talked a little about this last week too, but just the perception of how the season's going, I think plays a big role because Elliot comes in with like a great set of players, which is, very rare for a coach in the college level, especially for a, a power five program. And you've got you. And right now you're two and two when a lot of people thought, Hey, well, Dustin thought maybe four, four and oh <laughs> at this point, but you know, that goes, that goes to say, you know, some people are going to view this season as a disappointment, which it doesn't necessarily have to be a disappointment, but a lot of people had high hopes for the season and, you know if Elliot starts off on a bad note that's just not that's not great for the program at all, and that's not where the program needs to be. I think that you know and you said after Duke, it gets tough. you know we have Louisville at home, Louisville's been struggling a lot uh recently, and we have we're at Georgia Tech, and of course Georgia Tech just fired their coach, so they are reeling right now. So, I think that's good. We've got a long, long week, and then we play Miami at home. And it goes Miami, Carolina, Pitt, Coastal, Tech. Those last five games are, we may very well lose all of them. And that would be, you know, a shame. But how we're playing right now, that's kind of how it's looking, you know? I think that beating Duke is really where we start to turn the tide a little bit.
1: And I mean, to your point, if this team does want to go to a bowl game, which I think should be the goal. I mean, that's, that's kind of where my standards were for this season. You got to start counting wins, man. And you look in admittedly, there's eight games to go, but Virginia needs to win four of them. Um, Duke seems like a good opportunity to pick up one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was talking with someone about this today, actually. And, you know, you think about it the past few seasons, there's been some frustration, especially 2020 with, COVID and how we started out slow and games were canceled. And then 2021, that team had so much potential. Which is, mm-hmm. I'm still frustrated <laughs> by how that season ended. Um, but this team has been bowl eligible every year since 2017. So that's five years in a row, this team has been bowl eligible. Um, you know, we're UVA football at the end of the day. You know, that's in most books a successful season. You know, we always want more, but at the end of the day, I think getting a bowl game is a fair standard and Tony Elliott's in an unenviable position, as we've talked about, of Mm. having a quote unquote rebuild without actually rebuilding, you know, it's, there's so many dynamics at play. Um, But yeah, that's basically just a long way of saying, if this team wants to make a bowl game, I think it's really needs to capitalize this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, our um I I think I, I saw this stat on Twitter and I don't know who it was. I feel like it was maybe Neckle or maybe even Jerry Radcliffe, but um it was something about the coaches at UVA and how coaches at UVA have really never found success. And uh the only two coaches who have winning records, you should know that this is good, good UVA trivia. Who are the only two coaches that have winning records at UVA?
1: All time in their tenure. Yeah. Um, I mean, George Welsh and Al Groh, maybe. Yeah, that's or, it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's, it's pretty, it's a short list. And Bronco, you know, all the success that we kind of think about with Bronco, just kind of, especially with. With Perkins and even the uh, the second Ben Kurt year, uh, he didn't have a winning record at UVA. UVA is a hard place to win football games at, and I think Elliott's trying to change that narrative. But you know, it has to start somewhere. And I don't like—I don't know if this is the year that we get above. Uh, we have a coach that gets above 500 wins for the first time.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think that's your stat, right? The only. Yeah. I don't think there has been a coach at UVA who's in his first season won more than five games.
0: I I, I doubt. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm almost positive Welsh and Grow did not start off five hundred in their first season. Yeah, Grow went
1: five and seven. Mike London went four and eight. Bronco yeah. went two and ten. Yeah. Welsh is before my time. I couldn't tell you that, <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to win here. And I think I think what we're learning here is we all kind of took for granted uh Mm -hmm. that this offense was gonna be good again and not to say they can't be good but and we knew there was gonna be turnover on the offensive line but I think this transition has been harder than people expected. And again like we don't mean to like I hope we're not like bashing the offense or bashing the coaching staff or anything. That's not our intention. But I I think there's just been a rougher road than they anticipated, kind of Mm -hmm. at all levels. And hopefully they can get it together, you know, at some point. Maybe we'll click the season. Maybe it takes another year. I guess yeah. we'll find out. But I I think we're just going through some growing pains here. And, yeah, man, I mean, again, I don't want to, like, get ahead of ourselves, but if you want to make a bowl game, man, <laughs> beating Duke would help.
0: Yeah, it's – um, yeah, we're running out of time, honestly. And it's not it's not going to get any easier at all to to get there. It's actually going to get much harder – <laughs> and yeah i doubt you know even coastal carolina is not an easy game uh, they're a good no, they're a good all. team they're well That'll coached game yeah it's a huge huge <laughs> game there's gonna be no one in the stands it's gonna be like twenty thousand people <laughs> um yeah dude it's just you know it's frustrating i you know and the frustrating part is you see signs of life like you see that third quarter and you're like ah you know we'll be okay like we the offense looks different but we can still move the ball and we just don't do it again for the rest of the game. And that's, that's what's frustrating right now is like, there's no consistency on the offensive side of the ball. And I digress because I can't, if I talk about this too much, I'm like, I have to go, um, you know, I don't know what I have to do. Not watch again because <laughs> it's, it, it just keeps happening. It's like deja vu. I'm in the matrix. It keeps happening.
1: Yeah. So anyway, like you said, good things to build on from Syracuse. Um, defensively at least you know i think maybe we got a future glimpse of our kicker to be so we'll see how will Mm betridge does ground game hopefully they keep to that we'd love to see mike collins get a few more carries uh xavier brown as well i think he only had one carry um so keep playing to the strengths the short passing game getting the ground game going but i will say this team is going to have a hard time winning if they don't find explosive plays especially through the air so hopefully you know even if it's ground focus even if it's short passing game focus hopefully those can be successful enough that you can get play action going off of that because i really think this team needs to find explosive plays soon
0: yeah i i agree uh and one last thing um it wasn't Neckel or radcliffe it was actually our good friend mikey surf mike mike lewis uh, all right with the with the stats i i i don't know i don't know if I I think that he was in Welsh's time. So, I think he I think he knows the <laughs> success and he knows we can have success, but um got to find it. I think and once again, I think Elliot's the right coach. I think Elliot is is doing the right stuff um but we just got to we just got to get there as a as a full team, you know. He's doing all the right things out of the, outside of the games. I think in the games that's where we um that's where we need to improve Is actually playing
1: yeah no i mean i totally agree i we we're put in a weird situation i think we made the right hire mm-hmm. um it's just gonna take some time i think more time than maybe we anticipated
0: yep yep more than anticipated anyway any any shout outs anything that uh the people need to know uh before we sign off today I don't
1: think so, man. I guess I'll leave you with I continue to be really impressed with Cam Butler. and I know we said Mm -hmm. it earlier, and Chico Bennett is playing uh, nicely as well at the other edge spot, but I don't think the stats are doing justice to how good Cam Butler has looked. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad we were able to bring him in this offseason.
0: Yeah, I will shout out the men's soccer team. Haven't looked really good all season, but got a huge win against number three, Syracuse. Uh, over the weekend, so <laughs> shout out to them and shout out to the men's golf team, number one ranking overall in the in the country. So That's true, yeah, good for them. Uh, golf is back. I, yeah, I know you used to golf a lot, but um, and I am really bad at golf, so I'm always impressed with people who can golf well. <laughs> well, you should come to business school, man. A lot of people golf down here. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> All right, a dude.
1: popular pastime.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. You gotta know it for the you know to get those clients and everything. You gotta wow that's people. what they say, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, uh I think that's all for us today. Thanks for listening. This is the Tys Podcast. Make sure to listen to us on uh or follow us on Twitter at and Pod. Go ahead and uh you can follow Rob on Instagram and Snapchat for all the bonus content that he puts out. You can follow us on Spotify and iTunes. I think even uh Prime now i think carries us too i'm not positive about that i heard a rumor that maybe prime carries us so if you're a prime person you could do that but give us a follow where you listen to us and we'll see y'all next time go who's beat duke